Hello there, Nicola Barden here from Q102's Weekend Buzz. I hope you are all doing really well and thank you so, so much for pressing play today to listen to this episode. Before I let you listen to the whole thing, I just have a little bit of news for you. So if you're a fan of the Weekend Buzz or this is the first time you've ever listened to it, amazing and thank you and scroll back. We've got over 70 episodes there. So there's some great chats for you to listen to from the likes of the cast of SVU, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Grey's Anatomy, loads of stuff, some amazing singers, reality stars, great in-depth conversations for you to enjoy and I know that's what you're here for so that's why I have to tell you my news I have rebranded the show and it is now strictly podcast so it's no longer on radio it is just podcast and it goes under the name tis yourself so do come and find us we're on um, Instagram and Twitter and obviously all the places that you're listening to podcasts so if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google, Castbox, Good Pods, Spotify we are there I am there with my over 50 guests, fantastic guests. You're going to love some of them. They're absolutely amazing. So we've got some of the cast from like Games of Thrones, Breaking Bad. Yes, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. Can you believe it? Uh, Some amazing singers like Shane Ward, Matt Cardle are there. We have the actor Jerry O'Connell, who had some surprising roots to Ireland, you won't believe. We have... The likes of Tom Lenk from Buffy, who played Andrew. Um, if you're Irish, you'll know the names James Patrice, Trisha's Transformation, Tommy Fleming, the Nolan family. There's loads and loads of stuff in there. We've Sarah Jane Dunn from Hollyoaks. We've got some cast of EastEnders. So there's a real mix of Irish, UK, US guests. And we're just adding to them every single day. We're getting some new guests. Season four is just about to be launched. So come and join me. I'm over here waiting for you to discover me. That's Tiz Yourself with me, Nicola Barden. Hope you enjoy this episode. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Weekend Buzz with Nicola Barden. Hello, hello, and thanks a million for tuning back into The Weekend Buzz here on Dublin's Q102, and I really appreciate it. Now, my next guest is Ruth Medjbert. You may remember there was a trend for a while there in lockdown one when you were seeing these beautiful portraits of people from their windows, from their doors, families, single people, uh, couples, you know, friends, most beautiful images all lit up at dusk and um, it was just stunning. I remember wanting to get one, (laughs) just me and my dogs (laughs) at the window. Um, But it was a, a snapshot of life in lockdown and it's now been put into a book. It's called Twilight Together and it's all about these people who got their photos taken some of their stories people who have had babies um, or maybe were pregnant maybe people who have lost people throughout lockdown 
lots and lots of great stories a happy moments sad moments moments to make you think and um, I chatted to Ruth about the book uh, how it came about because she's normally a music photographer who would be working with the likes of Hosier and from that she went to photographing people in their living rooms so it's a very different type of uh, job for Ruth but she took it on it's now in a hardback copy that is on sale now I caught up with Ruth on Zoom and uh, yeah we had a great little chat Ruth how are you? Good, good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on as well. This is great crack. <laughs> oh, I really appreciate you coming on. And I have to say, I'm loving the neon sign behind your head. <laughs> That's, this is like it. my feminist corner. I have lots of lots of feminist art in here. <laughs> so Mine are over in the corner there. Keeping me company, uh, basically where I spent all my money in lockdown, is on art prints. Oh, great. There's nothing better to spend your money on, is there, like? I know. We're all part of this shop Irish, shop local, aren't we? I hope so. Yeah, I really hope this kind of, um, I hope people know not to kind of shop on the Jeff Bezos site and all that kind of stuff this year and to keep it local and keep it in our economy, like. Well, obviously yeah. that's for you, you know, a great push with the book and everything. You, though, with your book, you were very clever because you have an automatic audience because everyone who's in it is going to buy it. I know, right? That's the hope. I, I thought, like, because there's 150 households in it, and I thought, well, at least if they all buy one, it won't be the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading it, and it's um, a lot of what you said really stuck out to me um, of why you got involved. You live on your own, and, pe- and you were saying, like, your friends in relationships with kids and saying, oh, I'd love to have some time on my own. And you were like, <laughs> not this much time. Yeah. That's yeah, that's where the whole um, book was kind of born from. Um, And I think the start of lockdown one was a totally different place than lockdown two, because Mm. it was a time when everybody was terrified and we were all really kind of just afraid of the unknown and we didn't know how severe everything was. And it was an indefinite time frame that we were being asked to stay at home for. And I I was dealing with a lot personally because I had essentially been put on pause my career everything I had worked for my entire life had been put on pause and uh, I was sad I was grief stricken and I was just you know just lonely as well like let's call a spade a spade I was lonely I was living at home on my own with just the dog for company so then I went out and uh, made it a mission to kind of develop an idea that would see me connecting with people again in one way shape or form you know and particularly in a safe way something that I could do that would brighten up other people's so yeah that's uh, that's how the windows was kind of born out of that I think a lot of people um, were very lonely uh, in lockdown, especially lockdown one, as you say. Uh, I know I struggled greatly because I, I like yourself, I well, I live with people, but they were both uh, essential workers and they were out all day and coming home very late and stuff. And again, I just had the dogs. And for the first couple of weeks, you're like, yeah, house to myself. Mm. And then you're just like, we don't realise how much we interact with other, other people. Like going to Tesco became the point the highlight of the week yeah I think I'd gone from living quite a social life which made living in my uh, my home alone easy and really favorable because I was coming back from gig where there was like 14,000 people around me and I was on a crew of maybe 100 people and you were there for 16 hours during the day buzzing and having the crack and having all your meals together and I'd come back to my house on my own and it was like a little little haven and that haven then kind of turned during lockdown it went from being my little little solace into a a place that was just 
very, very isolated. And, you know, it was something that we all had to do to get over this and to protect everyone else. But it, it didn't make it any easier the day to day of it. Um, the, and I don't think I'm alone in saying that, that like lockdown one was horrifically lonely. Like, No, I, d- I definitely don't think so. But for you, I suppose your days off back in your career before lockdown were probably so sacred. As you mentioned, there's so many people around. You're doing very late nights because you're at gigs. You could be in the three arena till, you know, very late at night getting home and then crashing the next morning being like I have to get a lion because you need to catch up and sleep so to go from that to to absolutely nobody it's a very hard thing yeah it is it is it's very hard it was a, a big jolt kind of to the system that I was like oh suddenly I don't have anything to do my work keeps me extremely busy you know and I love it I love festival season and then I love going into the venues in winter and especially on tour you work seven days a week and I think that's why when I started shooting the book even before I could kind of knew it was a book I shot every single night for three and a half months without taking a day off because I was almost having a race with myself but like more like a race with lockdown thinking oh I better keep shooting because I want this to be a really decent chunky book and I want there to be everybody possible in Ireland represented as many nights as I physically possibly can my training as a music photographer allowed me to do that it gave me you know it gave me stamina to to a point but I was at like near exhaustion kind of breakdown points uh, along the way but it helped me do what I planned to do which was move outside of Dublin capture all of Ireland and capture there's 150 households in the book and to do that like I wanted to have everybody that I could possibly imagine represented in this I wanted it to be like a slice of of 2020 in Ireland and to me personally growing up um, with an African dad and an Irish mom like especially when I was a kid I always tried and looked for a representation of mixed race people in art and in culture and in media in Ireland back in the 90s and stuff but there never really was anything so I'm very cautious and very like I'll always consider that my work might be viewed by a younger generation of Irish people that will are looking to see themselves. So with that in mind, I photographed every race and religion and community and culture and even like every type of profession and personality that I could find that I knew existed in Ireland. And I really went for it. And I went, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. Let's make it all Ireland and inclusive, everybody that I can imagine. And what turned out is a gorgeous series of photographs some mini stories along the way. Some of them, there's no story and you just look at this beautiful picture and then there's some where you get an insight into their lives. And, you know, we see your own personal friends, you know, uh, obviously one of them that sticks out is your friend who's pregnant and then later has her little baby Elliot and it's just beautiful to see the bump and then to see on the next page, there he is, he's here. But it also shows how long we were in this, this lockdown because she was pregnant and you couldn't go near her and then you have to meet her baby through a window like so many people have had to do yeah there's so many babies born in this series (laughs) like none of us that was uh, John and Dina I met them on the street because they live in my 2k and they just moved into their house and they needed Garda letters and stuff to move house and it was all chaotic at that time and I bumped into her and I was like god it mustn't be long left for you she's like oh I'm due in about three or four weeks I was like okay let's get let's do a window portrait while you're pregnant and while there's still lockdown and we kind of 
of joked saying like, oh God, yeah, if this is still going on in three weeks, we'll come back and do one with the baby. Totally like not thinking that it would still be going on for three weeks. And of course it went on for like another few months after that. So I went back and they dressed in the same clothes and stood in the same position. The only thing you're kind of playing spot the difference between the two pictures. <laughs> and the only difference is what's gone from being a bump is now to a baby in her arms. And But that's kind of one little story that just showcases all the babies really that was born but also the the kind of sadness that there was involved because of course you know Dina went in to have the baby and then John couldn't stay with them you know and there was a lot of parents new parents who were in that position that couldn't visit hospitals when the baby was born and then there's all the grandparents who couldn't see the baby for the first four months or whatever and everybody was living this really weird virtual life and a really you know distant life and it was sad and we have to um I do try and acknowledge the sadness in as well as the joy in the book because a lot of people went through a lot of hard stuff and a lot of sacrifices and a lot of grief and a lot of loss in lockdown you know it wasn't this magical happy clappy time but then you know we did have those moments of hope and of joy and community and happiness so I do mention the mad stories the stories of people having the crack at home and getting drunk because I'm coming over to take their photograph or you know people who've done the table quizzes and DJed from their living room and all the banana bread stories so there is all of that referenced in the book as well so it's kind of like a little emotional roller coaster of lockdown which of course lockdown is and was an emotional roller coaster for everyone yeah I, I loved the uh, the people who were the DJs in their sitting room that were making quarantinis. I was like, yeah. yes, you're living your best quarantine life there. Oh, absolutely. That's Rocky and Sonia. And I just love them so much. I'm used to seeing them at festivals because festivals is my bread and butter. And I'd see them every kind of year with Rocky be up on stage DJing and I'd finish my shift and I'd go down and throw some moves and it'd be great crack. So they are very much like my festival friends. To see them out of context through this window just kind of brought it all home for me that it's not just me out of work feeling lonely and out of place it's it's everybody else that's in this in this industry but in this kind of world as well we're all very out of place but um I nearly hopped through the window to get a drink off them because I was just I was dying for the crack and I just seen them I was like oh this is so unfair I want to be in there dancing with you Oh, look, at when you mention festivals, every time my heart just takes a little bit, just dives because I just miss them so much. And obviously, you know, it's your career and you definitely miss festivals and music and stuff like that. But it's just, yeah. I suppose there's something about a festival. It's just a bit of freedom that you just don't think about work for four days and you don't think about the hangover that's coming on Monday and stuff like that. And um, to, for that not to be able to go ahead in any fashion this year, it's, be, it's been hard. And like what you do, I suppose a lot of people look at and think, why wow, that's like the coolest job in the world. But I imagine it's not a job that you just walk into. It's not something that you finish your college course and then let's go and work experience with Hosier. Yes and no, right, because it kind of was. I just finished college and went into hot press but not as work experience I went in as a job I've been a music photographer since I started loving music because I was always a photographer I was a photographer when I was a kid I could take photographs before I could write my name because my dad was into it he's very into cameras and everything and used to sell camera equipment so that I was surrounded by it it was just an easy you know evolution for me to pick up a camera when I was a teenager like everybody else when you're a teenager I became obsessed with music and I put the two of them together quite early on and set it my goal I was like 
like, oh, I want to be a music photographer. There might not be a job called music photographer in Ireland. You know, you can't do this full time. I was kind of um, just tenacious at it. I just went for it and I went, I'm going to make this work. And 32 before I joined Arcade Fire on their tour. And that was my first international tour on a bus, like a proper bus, not like a little sprinter van with a load of your mates. This was like a proper, <laughs> proper bus. So like, it's a long slog. It didn't happen overnight. Definitely a career as opposed to just a job that you breeze in and out of. You have to work and you have to be a kind of a bit of a self-starter and get yourself off the couch and don't feel sorry for yourself that you're not getting jobs and just go get the jobs instead like so yeah not easy but sure look nothing's easy well it obviously has worked out for you um i saw that you were meant to go to america this year that was originally the plan my plan this year was going to be amazing i was going to shoot glastonbury for the bbc again which i'd done last year for the first time and uh, i was so looking forward to that and then from there i was going to go straight to australia the australian center for photography in sydney had invited me over for a show and i was losing my mind for that i was like this is amazing people are actually taking me seriously as an artist i can't believe i get to show abroad i get to go to australia and it was going to be you know it's going to be there for about a month you know change and you have to roll with the punches and be flexible and i actually still we, we still went ahead with the Australian exhibition but I programmed it all totally from my living room here and just with the help of the curator in the gallery managed to do it over Zoom and I'd Zoom in and they're all drinking wine and it's eight o'clock in the morning here and I'm like I really want to be there but you, you just you just had to kind of bend with it this year and just go right what I wanted to do isn't happening so let's just figure out if I can do something else instead. Well I suppose what you did do you would never have done if you had been able to go to Australia, you may never have gotten the chance to put this book together to even do these portraits if you had, hadn't had this time off. So to even come up with the idea is amazing, but to actually carry it out, make it into something and make it into then to a book that people can actually buy is something that you never would have done. Yeah, you're right. Like, and I'm, I'm absolutely so grateful that things did work out because there's a lot of people in the position industry that can't go back to work. They can't, you know, turn craft thing else. Their, the music is their livelihood and their life and their identity and they are a little bit stranded and we, we, could, we shouldn't forget of those people who are still not back to work and who can't change their focus like I did. And um, I am very, very grateful that I was able to do that and that people were um, receptive to it. I mean, like this is my first book and I, you know, I've always dreamt about having a hardback book on Penguin. Like, I mean, Penguin for God's sake, like, I mean, this just blew my mind. But like the fact that it's window portraits is just the most hilarious thing ever. If you had told me this last year, you want to have a book of people standing in their window I'd be like, no, no, I photograph hosier. No, I don't. I don't do that. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm, lo I'm lucky. I'm very lucky, and I'm very, very grateful for what I have. I suppose it's uh, something new to add to the to the skill set that you can have. You can say, listen, if in 50 years I don't want to be travelling on tour buses, I can take pictures family portraits yeah I mean like that was I always thought I'd have a fallback there with something or other in photography I'd be like oh yeah sure like even if something goes wrong and this that and the other happens I'll have COVID taught me what I can do in a crisis which is a good lesson to learn for yourself you know it's like okay even if the worst gets thrown at me 
I'll still survive and I'll still, you know, there's, everything isn't hopeless. There's still stuff to do, but it takes you a while though. Do you know what I mean? There's probably a lot of people listening that are still out of work and are still, you know, fighting with restrictions and all this kind of stuff. And they're feeling pretty hopeless. And it, like, I don't want it to sound like, like everything's great, la la la. It's, it's not like, it's still really tough, but it doesn't last forever. The bad bits don't last forever. And you really don't know what's around the corner. And for me, I was ready and waiting to grab this opportunity and run with it. So I just needed to get myself over the sadness and the grief to be in a place that I was clear enough to spot an opportunity and run with it. So, and I, you know, like to get yourself over the grief, it could take you a month, it could take six months, it could take two years, but there's a lot of help out there for people who are kind of struggling with all those issues too. Like, so. Yeah, it just shows that outside thinking, try not to let the negatives of this year become everything and to try and look at something from a different perspective could be open up an avenue in your life that you never expected and it could be the best thing for you absolutely like and hopefully I'd be like living proof of that and you know I never thought I'd be the window photographer but I'm happy happy to adopt that role for the time being until I can go back to being the music photographer so your book is out now um, for anyone who wants to pick it up Christmas obviously is coming so perfect table book for anybody who wants to end this year and have something to look back on yes thank you so much and thanks for giving me the opportunity to come and chat about my work and myself oh listen delighted and thanks so much for sending out a copy of the book it's fabulous so it's on my table now so great I hope you enjoy it thanks a million listen I'll chat to you soon Ruth thank you so much Bye. Bye. bye 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 the wonderfully talented Ruth Medjbird there and her book Twilight Together is out now. You can pick it up at any good bookstore. And obviously we say support your local bookstore, especially in these times. And it'll be a lovely moment to look back on in a few years when we're like, do you remember that time we were locked down our houses and we couldn't go anywhere? (laughs) And we can show that was true. Uh, We're going to take a little ad break here. Stay tuned. Coming up after the break, I have author Louise O'Neill. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It really means a lot to me and I really hope you enjoyed it. Do scroll back and see if there's anything else that you might enjoy. And before I let you go, do remember to come and find me on my new podcast, Tis Yourself. Again, talking to celebrities, this time a lot more in depth. So there might be longer episodes there. And we're talking about what was life like before they became famous, the different alternative roads they could have went down, how life changed for them for good and bad, and so, so, so much more. And of course, the thing that they're best known for. So come and find me, Tis Yourself with Nicola Barden. And I really hope you'll enjoy the new episodes. They're up to date. They're brilliant. There's some great people there. And I'd love your support. So please do come find us. That's Tis Yourself with Nicola Barden.